CJ Peterson, and welcome to The Journey is Real. We talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts. Today, my guest is Nick Shoemate, and his podcast has an interesting title. It's called A Man on a Mission, a Fire Engine, an Ambulance, and a VW Bus. Kind of sounds like the beginning of a joke, but no, <laughs> mission serious. But So thank you for coming on and talking about it today, Jake. Yeah, thanks, CJ. So, so happy to be here. It's sitting in my bus talking to you about what we're doing. Yeah, for those who can see it, it's actually unique inside. And so if, if you're only listening, head over to YouTube and you can check out and see the actual, what the inside of his bus looks like. It's cute. Yeah, we so wanted to make the we wanted to make the curtains look like I jumped Tom Selleck in the '80s and took <laughs> the curtains like. out of it. So they're ridiculously uh, crazy looking Hawaiian print curtains. So you definitely that, want to check it out. You nailed it. That's exactly what they look like. <laughs> so as I said, it's kind of sounds like the beginning of a joke, but your mission is actually serious. What is your mission for those who are listening? Yeah, so my mission is all about helping people find healthy, delicious food and making it accessible. And it really came through my job as a firefighter paramedic. I've been in pre-hospital care like almost 20 years. And I began to observe just what people, you know, people that I would think and that you would think were, would be healthy folks. And I was like, man, why are you in your mid fifties and you're not healthy? What are these contributing factors? And so I just started looking and I saw that what most people did or the way that they lived and what they ate, what they consumed, whether it's visually or in the food that they eat, is it just wasn't something that I would consider would be healthy. And so my goal is to help people not be my patients anymore as a firefighter paramedic through exposing folks to delicious food, whether it's through a restaurant or making it at home. And then when you do that, you actually are impacting the planet. And so that's really a neat way to eat delicious, healthy food for you to be healthy and you're making the planet be healthy. So we cruise around in my 1973 Volkswagen bus called the Joy Bus, because the show is called the Joy Bus Journeys. So I like your show too, because it's got the word journey in it, because uh -huh. uh, we're all on a journey. And we go out there and we just show that, you know, healthy food doesn't have to look gross. It doesn't have to be something that you wouldn't want to eat and maybe expose people to the opportunity of trying something new. So maybe you're not a vegan, that but you go to a vegan restaurant and you try something that's vegan that maybe is delicious that will help you be healthy. So that's really my mission is to get out there in a fun, lighthearted way to help folks say, hey, how can I be healthy? How can I avoid maybe taking as many medications as I do? How can I uh, maybe not have to call the fire department as much anymore? Because I can do preventative things in my life to help me be healthy. Yeah. And a lot of people don't quite get that message. It's kind of like in our instantaneous society that we live in now everybody wants it and they want it now and you know there's there's simple yes. things the way that food naturally is made helps our system and keeps it clean um an example we have a five acre farm we have an apiary which is bees yeah the raw honey that comes from the bees helps your system i'm allergic to penicillin so for me to take antibiotics gets kind of dangerous because i can become immune to certain antibiotics if i take them too much and I used to get like four colds a year, two of which I ended up on an inhaler, double rows of antibiotics. And I'm like, at this rate, I am going to be in trouble when something seriously hits me because I won't have anything to fight it with. And ever since we take, we should take about a tablespoon of honey and either put it on toast, put it in our steel oats, put it in, you know, in tea. Um, I have not gotten sick and not yeah. on anything. And it's just like, yeah, nature provides it. Yeah, honey is incredible. It is actually is an incredibly powerful antibiotic that has been used for thousands of years. 
And there's studies out there that show that if you um, like if you have allergies to, you know, seasonal allergies, that if you can get local honey that has these particulars in it. Within about 30 miles of your house. Mm-hmm. Right. And that you can, you can eat that and it actually will help you with your allergies to reduce some of your allergies. And then you would know, I forget, what are the little pellets called that a bee gets on, um, on their legs? They're kind of like little waxy looking funny little things. So you'd actually buy them at the store. pollen sacks. Yeah. And so you can actually consume those and those will help your body build up the antibodies that it needs so that when you get exposed to that allergen, it doesn't, um, it doesn't hit you as hard. And so honey is incredible. And also, I mean, bees are the, probably the most important animal on the planet um, for everybody's well-being. And so that's part of what- They were kind of creeping toward in danger there for a little bit. And it's like, if the bees are gone, the world, they pollinate everything and the world will literally go down in four four to seven years, max. Yeah, it is. It is radically, radically important to protect the bees. And that's part of the mission for us too, is that like when you buy organic produce, for example, that has, that doesn't mean there's no pesticides on it, but what it means is there's less pesticides or you can do, there are places that don't use any pesticides or regenerative agriculture. And what that does is most of those people have a spot on their farm like you that allows the bees to come in the pollinate because they, because they really want that, but it also increases the bees health because mm-hmm. they're not spraying any of those pesticides. So you have these huge monocrop farms where you're growing just corn or just wheat or just soybeans, and they're spraying all these horrible, nasty chemicals on there. And those are actually killing the bees. And so the problem is, is if you kill all those bees, you're not going to actually be able to grow any more food. So protecting the bees is radically important for all of our well-being, the planet's well-being. No bees, no food. It's really just that simple. Yeah, I mean, we have a blog that's called The Journey to Fruitfulness, and it's basically our journey in building Serenity Acres into a fully functioning, self-sustaining farm. Awesome. And last year, I shared what happened. We got hit. We came out 11 hives, like strong, kicking tail, like two boxes of honey, like almost ready to go. And somebody had sprayed um, for pine beetles. And what they did is we were in the flight line of the airport, and their plane had leaked. And we know it was that because our mentor lives right near the airport. He lost 60 out of 80. We lost all 10, almost all 11. And Mm. we watched queen after queen. Some got rolled. We literally watched one of them die in our hand. And it's because the bees go pollinate. They don't know any better. Bring it back. They kill the, and it gives it to the queen. The queen dies or gets sick. That hive dies. Right. So, you know, like seven dust is terrible for that do not please don't spray that um so we've come up with a new theory and we got it from another apiary where if we do smell chemicals like that we just turn our sprinklers on over the apiary oh wow so the smell is gone because the bees think it's raining and they won't go out uh-huh, that'll give everything genius. a chance to kind of calm down a little bit um the key with honey not all honey is good for you um as strange as it is to say that in a lot of stores, the honey is processed. Yeah. You can find a local apiary that has raw honey, and yeah. it has to be raw. And we literally take it through a double sieve and bottle it. That's all we do. Yep. Chances are, in about a month or so, it's going to crystallize. That's how you know it's the real stuff. That's what you're wanting, and that's what you're looking for. 
Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so many different kinds of honey out there. I'm kind of a honey snob that will go to places and they'll, somebody will be selling a little bit of their own backyard honey. And I'm like, Oh, I want it. I want to try it because you, what you know, and, and maybe other folks don't know is that when you buy this honey from these little local farms is that you're getting these different flavors of whatever the bees are pollinating. And so you could get something like a really dark honey that's kind of more of a rich, has a little bit of a coffee flavor with it. Then you get another uh, honey that's really light and it's kind of uh, citrusy and it's floral. And so in my cabinet right now, there's all these different little containers of honey. And I'll just go in there and just, I, you know, I'll just grab a little spoon and do it because I know it's really good for you. It has a lot of sugar in it. So you got to be careful with that. Do but it in the morning. It has so many good properties to it that, I mean, you could go back to Egyptian times, biblical times, all these things where they saw honey as, I mean, it was incredibly valuable to, to them. And it's really important on the pasteurized because there's most things, this is the thing, like, the pasteurization of food really came about in the early 1900s, you know, and it's that whole thing, like, we don't want to know how the sausage is made mm -hmm. because it was, it just was bad and they weren't doing it the right way. So they figured if we heated it up, then it would kill all the bad bacteria. But the problem is it kills all the good bacteria. So whether it's honey, whether it's milk, I mean, because it's very difficult to get raw, like legitimate raw milk, because it's a different way to raise cows. You have to raise them on grass. You have to milk them a different way. But there's a lot of folks out there that they can't have regular milk that's pasteurized, which means that they, they heat it up really quick and then they cool it down. So they want to kill all that bacteria. But the raw milk, they don't do that with. And you, a lot of folks can actually digest the raw milk that they couldn't digest the pasteurized milk with it. But because it's so regulated and, and I understand why they used to do it, but now it really seems like we are over pasteurizing everything. Like a kombucha, yeah. for example, love kombuchas. That's a fermented tea. You can make it at home. It's got all these probiotics in it. It's got a little bit of caffeine. You put a ton of sugar in it, but then that good bacteria actually eats all that sugar. So there's not a lot in there. It's just a really nice, healthy beverage to have. Um, but you got to be careful because you go to the grocery store and if it's on a shelf, not in the refrigerated section, it's pasteurized. Mm -hmm. And then all of that good bacteria that those, that, uh, that bacteria or that sugar and the caffeine created is dead. Mm -hmm. And so now you're not getting any of those health benefits. So it's actually kind of, you know, they did it for our safety, but it's gone too far now where things, you know, really raw food. There are a ton of benefits for raw food, honey, kombucha, like all of those kind of things. Well, even really fruits and vegetables. Um, I'm yes. one of those people who works with essential oils and herbs as well, which is why bees was like the next natural progressive step. Uh -huh. um, the other thing we have on Serenity Acres is we have an orchard. Um, nice. We're going to be getting a huge greenhouse. So I've got some things started that I know takes a year or two before they start to actually produce the fruit and start to get right. big enough to help. Um, and when you, first of all, when you grow something yourself, it tastes yeah. different than what it is in the stores. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a farmer's market, that is more ideal. Um, the other thing is you yourself try to find the heirloom plants yeah. versus the other ones. They actually have to say heirloom on that. And it may have seeds, but don't freak out. You need those to, you know, help sometimes with the next incoming yeah. And it's like, you know, that those aren't, you know, GMO done. And so 
when you can find them and eat them in their more natural form, like broccoli, for instance, when you steam it, when you cook it, a lot of times you are cooking out the good parts of it. Yeah. And so it, the more that you can eat that's natural and raw, the better off your system is going to be and the cleaner it'll be. Yeah. And you just have to be careful with that word natural because natural, you could put, I could put hundred percent natural motor oil. There's no regulation on natural at all. So like, uh, you know, whether it's maple, you can't call it maple syrup, but if it's, uh, looks like maple syrup, they can call it hundred percent natural, but then it actually has like, um, it, it has rice sugar in it, or it has refined well, sugars. There's all these things that are in it, you know, that you have to be really careful with, with, with natural. And that's how people get tricked and people that are marketing people, they're really good. They're going to put a little picture of a farm on it and they're going to make you feel great about it. But the reality is it could have been, you know, it could be chicken that's grown uh, in, in basically, a, you know, a giant warehouse. And I think it's really important for folks, you know, wherever you are, whether you're in the city and if you live in the city, there's these really cool tower gardens that you can get now that they auto circulate and you don't even have to have soil. It uses lava rock. So, I mean, there's all these great options to grow your own food. I and like in my, I, there's, there's yeah, and I, I live in, I live in suburbia. I don't have a five acres. I'd love to have a five acres like you, but I have this little terrace garden and I have some citrus trees. Mm -hmm. And when I go back there and the strawberries are ripe and I eat one of those strawberries, it tastes that much better because I enjoy it so much more. And the other thing that folks have to remember too, is that, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it, the food came from somewhere. And like, this is something that us as a society is maybe not you who live on a farm, but somebody that like me and a lot of other folks that live in Syria, we have lost the connection with our food. Mm -hmm. And so we don't know where it comes from. We don't know the farmer. We don't know what went into it. It comes in cellophane wrapped at the store. We can waste it very easily. But most of that has lower nutritional value than saying, if you went right now and you said, hey, whatever's ripe right now, you're going to eat, right? Because you're not shipping anything. And that's really important too, to remember that like, look, look, at where, good, look at where your food comes from, because mm -hmm. things are seasonal and your body actually is supposed to eat on the seasons. And so when fall comes around in North America and we have all these beautiful pumpkins and we have all apples. these squashes you should and apples, you should be eating those. You shouldn't be eating the blueberries that are coming out of Chile or South America and all these things that like you were talking about this instantaneous society. We want everything when we want it, but it actually can have a real negative effect, not only because our system doesn't go through that cycle, but that blueberry that was picked in Chile was picked two weeks ago and it was picked when it wasn't blue yet and it was put in a put on a ship and it was shipped all the way to north america or for me i live in california we have a ton of agriculture in this in the central valley i mean more agricultural than any other place in in the country but the problem is is there's all these farms up there that like grow tomatoes for example and when you pick a tomato up there and you want to ship it to the grocery store down here they actually have to pick it when it's green then they actually gas it so it turns color and then it's more of a shelf stable item when it's sitting at the grocery store so the thing is is that you Fringing could actually those go, who watching <laughs> yeah i mean you could go buy a tomato 
and you could eat it and you're like, oh, that doesn't taste super great. But then you go to the farmer's market with a guy that's 20 miles away that's growing heirloom tomatoes that mm -hmm. are only going to last three or four days and they're kind of gnarly looking. They're not all perfect. And you cut into that and you eat that. And it's so much better. It's so much better for well, you. I mean, and it's so something as simple as eggs. People don't understand when it comes directly from the chicken, you literally have 30 day shelf life. You know, but in the stores, you don't have that kind of shelf life. So. Well, and the thing is with eggs too, is that, you know, the USDA wants to write you, most eggs that you buy are going to be scrubbed. Mm -hmm. And when the chicken lays an egg, it has this nice outer sheen on it that like in Europe, for example, they don't refrigerate eggs. Eggs are mm -hmm. on the shelf. And that's because it has this essentially airtight um, coating on the outside of the egg that protects it from going bad but because they want you know people don't want to buy eggs with poop on it like you know chicken poop or whatever is that if you can find a place we've done some shows we're doing a show here coming up uh, in a couple of days at a chicken farm that if you can find a place that's raising chickens one that's outside really really big deal you want them to be outside um because free range means nothing like if you go to the grocery store and you buy eggs and it says hey, these are free range eggs. What it means is that in the giant warehouse where they are is a door cut in the back that with a 10 by 10 foot spot that they can go outside. That's all that means is free range means that they're not in a, in a cage. It means that they can walk around, kind of walk around, but if there's 10,000 chickens in one spot, they're not walking around and they have to have access to the outdoors. It doesn't mean they actually live outdoors. Yeah, so when like, you go buy you eggs, know. you got to do this pasture raised eggs. Mm -hmm. And the better, if you know the farmer, if you go yeah, to the I farmer's market, mm -hmm. you know, if you can say, hey, where are you raising your chickens? Or you find a neighbor that's got chickens. Because when people have chickens, a lot of times they got a lot of extra eggs, mm -hmm. you know, because those guys or girls, they just produce eggs all the time. And so if you yeah. can get those, they're not going to be the same size. They're not going to be perfect. But if they're outsized, colors for all you know, you know. You yeah, know. I mean, different, all kinds of different kinds of chickens. Um, our neighbor has ducks and chickens. I prefer oh, the duck yeah. eggs because the duck eggs have more protein. Yeah. Uh, but what we do is we do a barter system. Yeah. They get honey, we get eggs. That sounds like a great. That sounds like a good trade to me. Yeah, I mean, their their ducks and chickens actually roam our farm for a part of the morning. You know, our dog loves it because he gets to watch them do it. But you know, they are literally running around our farm. And our bees go over to their farm a lot of times to get, you know, different flowers and stuff because they have about a three mile range. And yeah. so when you can get to know the farmer, it's great because you can know how things are done, how things are processed. People that know us know we put it through a double sieve for yeah. the honey. Um, when they find that out, they're like, oh, hey, yeah, I want some when you get it. And yeah. so when you get to know the farmer and get to know, you know, what they're doing, it's a really good thing to know where your food is coming from. Um, yeah. I cringe. One girl told me she wanted a pickle tree. I said, what's a pickle tree, honey? She goes, it's the one that has the pickles on it. I said, did you realize that's a cucumber <laughs> on a vine? <laughs> it doesn't grow on a tree, sweetie. Exactly. Or another one goes, well, I am totally against hunting. You know, I said, well, do you eat venison? Yes. Do you eat hamburger? Yes. Do you like steak? Yes. Where do you think that comes from? The store. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so we did a we did an episode at a place called Primal Pastures. It's a kind of an 
just north of San Diego County inland and they're doing regenerative farming. There's this family that decided that they were having these health issues and that they wanted to see if they could remedy them in kind of a, a different way other than going down the route of medications. Mm -hmm. And so what was great for them is they had no experience. They went and bought like a hundred chickens and they had a little bit of land and they just started raising them and they looked into how to do it regeneratively. And so then that went from chickens in these portable coops which are so cool they have these cooney cooney pigs that follow behind them that also and they're those i mean if you guys have never seen a cooney cooney pig cooney cooney pig looks like chewbacca and a pig had a baby and they're so cute they're furry they got these tiny little snouts so they don't wallow in the mud they walk around and they're friendly like a dog this was hard for me to eat nice. to be honest like because they were so cool and if you watch the show you see me scrubbing them and rubbing them and they're just like they're they're the coolest things i wanted to steal one and and bring them bring them home but what what i what i saw cj was that this farm just through observation looked so much healthier than the surrounding farms because there's so much debate out there about well is global warming real is it not real is you know gmo farms or non-gmo we got to feed we got to feed the world and we can't do it with regular farming which i disagree with you all of these things you gotta quit hindering the farmers Yes, but what what you could see just through observation. So if you just went out and this is like what you're saying, knowing your farmers, that if you were able to go and see their farm and you're seeing what the land looks like that they are cultivating, what you're going to see at primal pastures, for example, is that the grass is so green, it's so thick, and that if you were to dig down and pull that out, that they have almost 18 inches of roots that are just going down there, and they're cultivating all that microbiome that's in the soil, and that's capturing the carbon, which everybody's talking about carbon now, and so the way that they are raising animals is actually making the land better, and that's what they would call regenerative farming. Organic farming is like treading water. You don't make it better. You don't make it worse. Regenerative farming is where you're actually bringing the land back to where you know or better than it was and so when you buy eggs from a place like primal pastures when you buy uh meat from a place like primal pastures you can see the difference you can taste the difference the nutritional value significantly higher but what you're going to see though is if you bought a chicken for example from primal pastures to eat it's about this big it's not that big if you go to the grocery store what size big for those listening Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Okay. So, I mean, when you go and you buy a chicken at the grocery store, like a conventionally raised chicken, you're going to see they kind of are about the size of a small watermelon and they have giant boobs. These are like the Dolly Partons of chickens. And they <laughs> yeah. have raised these chickens in a way that they grow fast, that they give them all these medications and everybody wants white meat. So they figured out that they're, if they can make them have bigger boobs, they're going to get more money out of them and they inject water and all these kind of crazy things in them. And so you feel better when you go to the grocery store and you buy 99 cents a pound, you can buy this boneless, skinless chicken breast. But this came out of this giant chicken. That's, that's not how chickens are supposed to look. Actually, if you, if you were to look that up, they can't even walk around because their boobs are so big that they're dragging on the ground. But if you go to primal pastures, they're more about the size of like maybe a big grapefruit. And you would say, well, of course I want to buy the one that's bigger. I'm getting more for my money and I'm going to pay $4 a pound or $5 a pound or something for this regenerative raised chicken. But what you don't know is that when you chose to go regenerative, you're actually voting. So you're telling whoever you're buying it from, hey, I'm supporting you, whether it's Whole Foods or Sprouts or Trader Joe's or whatever it is, that that's what I want to buy. Mm -hmm. You're making a difference for the planet, 
but then you're also getting significantly more nutritional value out of that chicken because of what it's eating and it's not all full of hormones and water. And so really, really important to kind of know like, oh my gosh, it looks different, but it looks different for a reason. And then the other thing too, that one of my missions is, is like, I, I'm, we're not about like, you have to be a vegan, you have to be a vegetarian, you have to be keto, you have to be paleo. Like, I, I think there are so many different types of people in the world that each one of those diets will work better for somebody else. So it's really important for all of us to remember, like the food doesn't show up in nice cellophane wrap, uh, you know, like it does at the grocery store. Something had to sacrifice itself for you to eat it, whether it's an animal or a fruit or a vegetable somebody somewhere had to pick that and grow that or something had to die for you to eat that and it what it does is it connects you back to your food and i think one of the biggest issues our society has right now is that we believe in magic and what i mean by that is everything magically appears we have lost like you know where your honey comes from you know the amount of work that it takes that you have to you have to get the combs out and you got to put them in the centrifuge. And what do you do with the wax? And you, you know, there you are trying to save your bees. You recognize so that when you take that spoonful of honey, you, you really appreciate it versus you went to the store, you paid your $5. You don't care what, where it came from. And then you come back and you eat it. You can just waste it and, and, and it doesn't matter. So now when you do that with an animal, for example, like with these chickens from primal pastures, for example, you're going to eat every bit of that chicken. You're going to appreciate it. You're going to recognize also that there's more nutritional value in that. And you just make it go, you make it go farther. And it really does something to our well-being to be connected to our food. And so we've really lost that as a society. So really important, you know, you're right. Like your friend that you said, well, do you like venison? Do you like hamburger? You're like, yeah, it all comes from somewhere. That's the important thing that people have to remember. And it really connects us back to our food. And it's, there's a huge movement out there now to go back to regenerative farming for people to do backyard farming to people raise their own chickens in their backyard. I mean, all of these things. And because I think that there is something very instinctual that's intrinsic that that is inside of each person that helps that we want to do that. We want to be connected back that we when we live just in this digital world, our soul is missing something. So whether you've got a little herb garden on your little balcony and you go out there and you you pull the little dead parts off, you get your fingers dirty, you smell a little bit. But then when you go cut that, you go cut that little cilantro to put it on your taco. Oh my gosh, you're going to, you're going to appreciate it. It's going to taste that much better and it's going to be better for you. And now you know exactly where it comes from. So it's well, really and, powerful. And the beauty is um, people don't understand. It does taste different. The flavor yeah. is more rich when it's homegrown, I guess is the term. Cause I can't say natural. You're right. You can't say natural because anybody slaps that label on anything, but when right. it's actually homegrown, um, your strawberries taste sweeter. Your apples taste like they're going to explode in your mouth. I mean, there's such a difference in flavor, even chickens, eggs, and stuff like that. It's just a more powerful flavor, which means you're also using less salt to add different flavoring to your food, which is also better for you as well. Well, it's better for the planet too, because you figure like if something's coming halfway across the world to feed you, it took a lot of fuel to get there. And exactly. so if you can get something from somebody that's right around the corner, um, it's really a good thing. Like something you could do is do a CSA box, which CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. So you can find little regenerative farms, little organic farms, and then it's a way to help the farmers seed, you know, literally seed and pay for what they're doing. 
Like I have one that comes every other Saturday. It's whatever's in season. I just pay my money. It shows up on my front door. A lot of times there's places you can go to the farm and pick it up. We filmed out a place called Sand and Straw, this little eight acres regenerative farm. You go down on Wednesday or Saturday and you just pick up your, your box and it's whatever's in season. And it's super and I mean, fun to figure out what the heck this is and what to eat. Yeah, I mean, and there's farms that you can go pick strawberries, you can pick blueberries and whatever. Oh, yeah. You can make jellies, you can can stuff and you can keep it for what, that way you can have something year round that is that flavor. You yes. Know? canning it and making it yourself um how can people find you online all right well the easiest way to do this is just go to joybusjourney.com and uh, everything's there the show um the episodes um you know the links to our social media you can go on youtube and just type in joybus journey you're going to show up uh, we're going to find a little picture of the blue bus it's going to be a, a little yellow circle um and definitely like follow and subscribe is super helpful and then i'm pretty much on all the social media feeds so you can just type in Joy Bus Journey. All of them have that same logo, that the, the blue bus with, with the yellow circle behind it. But go to joybusjourney.com, sign up for my newsletter. I don't send a ton of stuff out, but when a new episode drops, you're going to be notified of it. And that's just a great way too. If you're somewhere and you're like, hey, I think this would be a killer episode for Jake to have, mm -hmm. you can actually go on there and, and let me know. And we can try to go out and, and film and share the story of that restaurant or farm. Nice. Um, so we have kind of, a little short on time um so we have about two minutes left is there anything you'd like to add sure i just want to you know I, I think it's really important for folks to understand where their food comes from and that what they eat makes a huge difference and uh -huh. it can feel really overwhelming like i don't know what to eat and i don't know how to eat and all these kind of things and so it's there's some really simple things that you can do one is is that if it comes in a bag it comes in a package just don't eat it like mm -hmm. i'm not telling you never have to eat it but if you're confused on how you want to eat well is if it looks like food and it doesn't come in a bag, that's really a simple, a simple way to do it. So whether a carrot or an apple um, or celery or whatever it is, and then if you can buy organic, do it. There's a list out there called the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. Everything doesn't have to be organic. You can look that up because organic is more expensive, but sometimes it's worth it. A lot of times it's worth it. So you can look that up and, and figure yeah, out what's actually, going on. It, when I started cleaning up my own food, I realized that the cheaper they are, the worse it is yes yes so, that's bad but you know to eat right you you kind of have to pay right but you're taking care of your body yeah and it makes a big difference it makes a difference for you and the planet and then every time you buy something you're voting i think it's really important that if you go to the grocery store and there's a can of beans there and you can buy the organic beans for 20 cents more buy the organic beans because you're telling the people that are buying the food and telling the grocery stores that that is a value to you and they're going to buy more of that and that helps support the mission of what we're all about, of trying to be healthy and live a great life. Well, thank you for coming on today, Jake. You were very informative and kind of fun to enjoy the interview. So thank you for coming and sharing. Um, and for those who want to learn more about Jake Shumate and his mission about the um, VW bus, the Joy Bus Journey, you can find him at www.joybusjourney.com. That's www.joybus j-o-u-r-n-e-y.com and again thank you jake for coming on and thank you guys for listening to the journey is real we talk to real people with real passions who share a real portion of their hearts i'm cj peterson of cjpetersonwrites.com until next time